Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsmradio.org. Radio.org. Now, here's our show today. The Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 14 and 15 tell us, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that everyone who believes into him may have eternal life. In this chapter on the need of a good man, It was as if the Lord was telling Nicodemus, You appear to be a gentleman, but you must realize that you are actually a serpent. Regardless of how gentle you are, you have a serpentine nature within you. You have been poisoned. You were poisoned in Adam. When Adam was poisoned by the serpent, you were there. You were born of that poisoned nature. And so your nature is also serpentine. Don't miss today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. With us today to add his comments is Mark Robbie. Mark, it's good to have you with me today for this particular broadcast. Glad to be here, Matt. Mark, in our last program, we began to talk about the need of the moral, the need which is regeneration. Today, we're continuing with the Lord's definition of regeneration in John chapter 3. Can you give a brief overview of this important message from the Lord and why our listeners should stay with us for the next half hour to hear this? Sure, Matt. In this message, Witness Lee interprets a difficult and interesting type from the Old Testament, that of the bronze serpent revealed in Numbers 21. The Lord Jesus refers to this type in John 3 as a part of his definition of regeneration in speaking with Nicodemus. In his speaking, the Lord revealed that he himself is the reality of this type of the bronze serpent. Nearly all Bible readers are very familiar with John 3.16, which tells us how we can receive eternal life. But not many are familiar with John 3.14, which speaks of Christ as the reality of the bronze serpent, the one into whom we must believe to have eternal life is this very one who is revealed as the reality of the bronze serpent. You know, I'm glad you brought that up, Mark, because John 3.16 is such a popular verse, and yet how many people actually know of the verses 
right before it in verses 14 and 15. That's why I wanted to read it today. The context is meaningful here. Okay, let's go to uh, Witness Lee for today's life study of John, radio program number 15, which corresponds to printed life study message of John number 9, and was spoken by Witness Lee on March 30th, 1975, originally in Washington, D.C. Here's Witness Lee. Nicodemus, up to this point, was clear. Then she asked, how could this be? How could I be born of the water and of the Spirit? How could this be? Then the Lord spent some more time in telling him, this matter of regeneration is absolutely not a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. It is just like the pneuma, the air. Or the wind, you know, when the wind becomes a little softer, it becomes the air. When the air becomes stronger, it becomes the wind. So in Greek, whether the air or the wind is the same word pneuma. It's not something tangible. It's not something touchable. But something that can be realized. But Nicodemus was still a little puzzled. My, what is this? How could this be? I sympathize with that old gentleman, thousand percent. I just sympathize. Don't you sympathize with him? Then the Lord was so good. The Lord said, you are a teacher of the Old Testament Why don't you know that in the Old Testament, you do have a type of this matter of regeneration? You have a type there. What type? The type that Moses lifted up a brass serpent. It is quite meaningful. A brass serpent and all the people who got uh, poisoned by the serpent would look into that lifted up brass serpent would what? Would become living. And that was a picture. And here in John 3, the Lord Jesus applied that picture to himself. Saying, as Moses lifted up the brass serpent on the pole in the wilderness, the Son of Man will be lifted up. Mark, this is quite meaningful, the connection the Lord makes here between the story in Numbers and and his message to Nicodemus. Before your comment, I want to read this verse that he referred to, uh, Numbers 21.9. And Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on the pole. And if a serpent had bitten any man, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Your thoughts? You know, in Numbers 21, when the children of Israel spoke against the Lord and against Moses, uh, the Lord judged that, and he judged it by sending fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people. I don't know what a fiery serpent is, but it was uh, uh, it signified the judgment for their murmuring. And this 
the spiritual significance of this is that we sin, we suffer judgment, and eventually die because of the poison of the serpent, which got into us and into all mankind through the fall of man with Adam. Because of Adam's fall, we don't only commit sins, but we also have a serpentine nature within us, which is actually the poisonous nature of Satan, the devil. It is as if each one of us was bitten by the snake, and the poison which was within the serpent Satan is now within each one of us. This is the reason that all of us, even very young children, are born as sinners. We know how to sin, and we start to sin immediately after we are born because of this sinful nature within us. That's why we need the Lord to be the bronze serpent to deliver us from this sinful nature that is within us. Just a quick follow-up, Mark, is uh, the way Witness Lee started out the last section, he talked about his sympathy for this old man, Nicodemus, because he said he was having a hard time understanding what it means to be born again. This is the Lord's explaining what it means to be born again, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And there's really two points here. One is on the positive side. We we all need to receive the eternal life in addition to our human natural life. But also, that fallen life needs to be terminated because it has been poisoned by the devil. What a wonderful explanation. It's a great explanation. Let's go to uh, the next portion with Witness Lee. In the next section, Witness Lee is going to refer to a very important verse which shows that the Lord Jesus was only in the likeness of sinful flesh. I want to read Romans 8, 3. He's going to refer to that. God sending his own son in the likeness of the flesh of sin and concerning sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Let's go back to Witness Lee. In chapter 1, verse 29, John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God. But in chapter 3, verse 14, the Lord Jesus likened himself not as the Lamb of God, but as what? As the brass serpent. The Lamb of God deals with sin, but the brass serpent, I tell you, destroyed all serpent. Our trouble as a fallen person is not only in sin, but also in the serpent. Romans 8, 3. In that verse, you do have this term, the likeness of the flesh of sin. Christ was made in the likeness of the flesh of sin. Another verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, which says, Christ was made sin for us. My, a stronger word. When Satan in the serpent tempted Adam to eat the fruit of the tree of knowledge, Satan, as the old serpent, 
has injected his nature into the fallen man. Man's body was created by God as a good thing, but as Satan's serpentine nature was injected, man's body became the flesh. In the Bible, the term "flesh" is always a bad term, not a good term. But as we have seen in John chapter one, verse fourteen, the word became flesh. Amen. Tell me, is flesh good or bad? Bad. But Jesus became flesh. What would you say? When Jesus became flesh, he became something good or something bad. Be careful. <laughs> so praise the Lord. We have John three fourteen to guarantee that Christ became flesh. It doesn't mean that Christ became something really bad. He became something bad just in the form, not in actuality. Look at the serpent made with brass. In the form, in the appearance, in the likeness, it looks exactly like the real serpent. But it doesn't have any poison in it. It has the serpentine appearance, but it doesn't have the serpentine nature. Christ became flesh in appearance, in likeness. He was exactly as a sinful man, but within him there was no sinful nature. He was made sin. But he knew no sin. Mark, what a great picture! I'd like to quote another verse there that Witness Lee referred to, which was Second Corinthians five twenty one. Him who did not know sin, he made sin on our behalf. Can you develop this crucial thought that Witness Lee just brought out a little bit? Yes, Matt. As Witness Lee said, we need to be a little bit careful when we come to this difficult point of the truth that is revealed in John 3. And looking at the type will help us very much. In the type, in numbers, there were fiery serpents which were biting the people and causing them to die. And they were saved by looking at a bronze serpent. The bronze serpent that saved the children of Israel looked just like a real serpent, but it was made out of bronze. That means it had the appearance of a serpent, but it did not have the poison of the serpent. In the same way, John 1.14 tells us that when he was incarnated, the Word became flesh. And we know that the word flesh is not a good word. It refers to the fallen body of man, not the God-created body of man. And within that fallen body of man is the sinful nature. The only exception to this is the body of the Lord Jesus. He, we know, had the appearance of every other man 
who all are flesh, but he did not have the sinful nature that you and I and everybody else has. So the verse that helps us understand this a little better is Romans 8.3. That verse explains to us that he came in the likeness of the flesh of sin and concerning sin, but he did not have sin in himself. This is very mysterious. So the verse you read, 2 Corinthians 5.21, tells us that in the eyes of God, when he was crucified, he actually became sin on the cross in order to accomplish redemption for us. It's a, a real mystery. He had to be a real man so that he could accomplish redemption for men, and he could not have sin so that he could deal with the sinful nature that had gotten into mankind. What a wonderful Savior. All we need to do is look at this one who was lifted up on the cross as the serpent in numbers was lifted up on the pole. Then we will receive him as the eternal life and will be saved from this poison that is within us. Look and live. Look and live. They would look at that bronze serpent and live. Mark, uh, one of the phrases in Second Corinthians 5.21, you had mentioned that he was made sin, and it actually witnessly mentioned he was made sin on our behalf. But also in that verse, it says he knew no sin. And so... It's, it's really a mystery, and I appreciated Witness Lee's there saying there that we have to be careful. We really do have to be careful. To, he was made sin, but he knew no sin. He was the bronze serpent, but he was just in the likeness of the flesh of sin. This is a real fine line, isn't it? Yes, it's, it's a difficult point, and we don't have a full explanation. We just know what the Bible tells us. He knew no sin, yet in the eyes of God— he became sin. We don't need to try to explain how it can be. We just take the pure word according to what it says. It's really uh, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's what Paul said to Timothy. Let's go on to the conclusion of the life study. In Witness Lee's final word, he's going to refer to mice. And that word that when he uses that word mice, it may be a little bit difficult for our listeners to pick up at first. So I wanted to give you a heads up as you're listening. Here's Witness Lee. In the far east, in the ancient time, when I was 10 or 11 years of age, <laughs> in that ancient time, oh, we were always bothered by all these little creatures. In all the houses, in all the roofs, ceilings, everywhere. <laughs> Here is a mouse. There's a mouse. A last mess. In the big house in the universe, there was a little mouse. <laughs> Naughty mouse. Satan. God set up a little trap. And this little trap was just humanity. Adam. Adam, in a sense, was a trap. In other sense, was a bait. Satan sighed, my... Oh, such a good food here. Surely I will get it. You got it. <laughs> when you got the bait, he got trapped. He thought he won the victory. 
by injecting himself into man's body. He didn't know. By doing that, he got trapped in man's body. He got into man's flesh. And one day, the Lord Jesus came to put on this flesh. And he brought this flesh to the cross. And there, by being crucified, he destroyed the very enemy who has injected himself into man's flesh. How could Christ destroy Satan on the cross? How? By putting the flesh upon himself and bringing this flesh to the cross. There, through his crucifixion, Satan was destroyed. Not only so, in the eyes of God, we all are what? Little serpents. So we need a substitute in our appearance. Just like in ancient time, all the Israelites became serpents. So they needed a serpent to be their substitute. Christ on the cross was not only the Lamb of God to take away sin, but also was the serpent in form. Christ in the form of the serpent was judged on the cross in our stead on behalf of us as our substitute. By doing that, he dealt with our serpentine nature and he also destroyed the very serpent in our flesh. And the issue is that we all may believe in him and have the eternal life. Today, when we would repent and lift up our heart and look at the very Jesus crucified on the cross, what would happen to us? I tell you, sin would be removed. And the serpentine nature would be dealt with. And Satan would be destroyed. And we will have life eternal. And this is to be regenerated. What is to be regenerated? That is to have the eternal life beside your human life. Beside what you have at the human life, you have another life that is eternal life. And this is to be regenerated. Well, Mark, this is what it is to be regenerated. I feel like we just heard a gospel message. We need to lift up our heart, look at Jesus on the cross, then sin is removed, the serpentine nature is dealt with, Satan is destroyed, and we have eternal life. What a gospel message, isn't it? Yes, it really is, Matt, and this is what it is to be regenerated. We can call it the negative aspect of regeneration is to deal with Satan himself and to deal with the sin that got into man's flesh. And I think this illustration of the mousetrap is very, very clear and helpful when Satan injected his nature into Adam and therefore into all of mankind. 
he trapped himself within the fallen man, so that when man was crucified on the cross along with the Lord Jesus, Satan got crucified. So that was the mousetrap. Adam was the mousetrap, and Adam was the bait that Satan went for. And according to the scriptures, when the Lord Jesus died, we also died. The fallen mankind died, and the devil was destroyed, as it says in Hebrews 2.14. So this is a mysterious thing, but this is the truth concerning the death of Christ in the Bible. We need to receive that and enjoy this fact of our regeneration, this marvelous fact that when we were regenerated, we not only received the eternal life, but the devil who troubles us all of the time and the sinful nature that is within us were also destroyed. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me read you these points here, Mark, that Witness Lee made reference to that he said, these are the steps breaking down regeneration. The first one is lift up your heart and look at Jesus on the cross looking so we could live, to be saved. But then sin is removed, number one. Number two, the serpentine nature is dealt with. Number three, Satan is destroyed. And number four, we have eternal life. You know, so many times we hear John 3.16, whoever believes in him would have eternal life. Eternal life is the last step of these processes of looking at the Lord, sin being removed, the serpentine nature in man being dealt with, Satan being destroyed outside of us, and we have an eternal life. This is the gospel. It really is, and it's a great thing. All of the steps the Lord took in order to regenerate us, it wasn't like our natural birth. Our natural birth was much simpler, but in order for man to be regenerated, all of these obstacles needed to be removed before we could receive and enjoy the eternal life. So in the Lord's answer to Nicodemus, we really see what God did in a wise and wonderful way to regenerate us. Mark, I appreciate you coming in today. Uh, We've run out of time. Let's do this again another time. Love to. Thanks. And thank you also for listening, wherever you're listening. And uh, we hope that you'll Let us know if you enjoyed this program by sending email to radio at lsm.org. You can read these messages online for free at lsm.org, or you can listen to this or tell your friends to listen at lsm.org. On behalf of Mark Robbie, this is Matt Miller. Thanks for listening today, and we invite you to continue with us in our Life Study of John. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Whether you're hearing this program via radio, online, or as a podcast, you'll find hundreds of audio studies just like this one by visiting our website, lsmradio.com. We also hope you'll email us with your questions or comments, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. 
That's 888-543-3788. Thanks for listening.